Life Jesus. Obviously, I've mentioned the Triple G fight six times. 
Um, do you want to <laughs> open with that? I mean, is that, uh, you know, I, well, yeah, I, you know, yeah. The, you cared more about the triple G fight than I did. Look at it. Like I, I understood the importance of boxing that this fight was, but like I knew for the simple fact that Sarah's birthday was yesterday that I was, I wasn't going to watch it. Um, but when we did come home and I kind of like stumbled in the door, I did open the first thing I did do is open up my computer and kind of read some stuff about the fight. And I, I, you know, I, I think the outrage from what I was reading was reading was not the split decision, but one of the judges called it eighteen ten or, or or judged it eighteen ten, which I, which what I was reading was absurd. And it kind of, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, and I, you probably will disagree, but I think this is one of the reasons why boxing is failing because the whole judging, the scorecard, everything about that, it seems like you're constantly trying to hit a moving target and there's no standardized, like, kind of way of judging a fight. Or if there is, the judge still, still don't listen to it and you get these absurd rulings and these absurd cards and just a lack of consistency and maybe accessibility to understanding like why these judges ruled it was the way it was uh, with, with, I I think it was a split, right? It was, it was a draw. Um, I, I, I think that's one, one of the inputs of the downfall of boxing right now. Um, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I know you watched it. Yeah, and, and listen, I, I think that's always been one of the problems with boxing. And, you know, there's never a, a there's never really a clear-cut bad guy. And I think that's the problem, right? I mean, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it, it was judged 118 to 110. And, you know, and, and more egregious than this, more crazy or crazier than this was like the Pacquiao... Uh, Mayweather fight, right? Like where, yeah, where Manny Pacquiao was being punished clearly by the scorers for his assault on Las Vegas, right? We know that uh, that uh, yeah, you know, people should make it. And we know that what happened there, and so you know, so clearly, again, no, no, no clear bad guy. Las Vegas was the bad guy. I'm not sure how. And it, you know the, the the powers that be, the lines makers, the money behind Vegas, mm-hmm. Steve Wynn. I don't know. I don't know. So I think that maybe you blame HBO for this. I, I, like that's the problem is that it, in the NFL you can point everything at Roger Goodell. It's why he ends up on a shirt with a clown nose, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. you can't really point fingers here directly, and and I guess that's that's a good thing and a bad thing. Right? You can't point your fingers mm-hmm. and you can't really fix it because it's a system, bigger systemic problem. You know, what was the motivation yeah. behind that judge's 118 to 110 scorecard? Now, obviously, I would be crazy to say that uh, she was accurate in that scoring. She wasn't. Um, I went in, we tweeted, we made the prediction that I was going Canelo, which, you know, was a, you know, uh, Triple G was clearly a favorite going into that fight. Uh, undefeated, still, you know, kind of maybe on the later side of his prime, but still in his prime. Uh, ben, the more dominant boxer. Um, Canelo with uh, that one loss to Mayweather. But, you know, I thought Canelo was the harder puncher. He's a little bit younger. I thought uh, I, I liked him going into this fight. Um, but I don't – but I'm not sure who benefited from this. I, I, HBO pay-per-view probably does. 
that both fighters do. Um, I, I think, yeah, and I'm just, my mind is kind of twisted around it. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're right, but, but, but ultimately, you're right, is, is this is what's frustrating about, um, about the sport. But he, here's what I'll say before, again, we don't want to spend too much time with this, but what I'll say is, and I talked to, to Dan Picard yesterday about this. I don't know if you got anybody's aware um, of who that is, but he's got a sports podcast. Good guy, hosts a couple of radio shows around locally. And we talked about this fight yesterday, like late afternoon. And, you know, it, I, my suggestion was, you know, this fight was announced earlier than the uh, Mayweather-McGregor uh, fight, right? So, I can yeah. remember this fight came out. I was so excited, and then like two days later, the McGregor fight stole the the fire right from under this. And <laughs> you're right. Yep. This was this this was this was billed as you know the best fight in the last ten years, twenty years. You know the fight that all boxing fans like me has have, have been waiting for. And uh, I think my my suggestion is that young people watch that McGregor fight. And it was a decent fight, man. It was. And you know, a lot of people watched it. A lot of people watched it because of the draw and, uh, you know, and all the talking and all the everything, right? So here lies an opportunity for Canelo and Triple G and boxing as a sport. More people watch that fight. And this is what I'm contending. This is what I'm, I'm suggesting. More people watched the fight last night because of the Mayweather fight. I don't know how many more. I don't know if it's thousands mm-hmm. more. I don't know if it's millions more. But more people watch that fight because they're like, oh, wow, boxing is kind of cool. This was cool to watch. This was kind of fun. And then you got people like me saying, this is the actual fight of the century. This is the fight of the decade. This is the fight of the whatever. And some people mm-hmm. are like, all right, time to get back into boxing. That's where they fell short, right? Like whoever yep. was in charge of this, whoever was promoting this, whether it was Golden Boy or whoever it was, Whoever needed to drive this thing uh, failed because now if you had um, a thousand more, fifteen hundred more, a million more people watching this fight, it needed to be very more uh, like a Tyson fight from the eighties or early nineties, or a Muhammad Ali fight. Or it, it, this was your showcase boxing. Boxing, you had a chance and you failed, <laughs> right? So now yeah. it's done. Forget it, right? And and now me and the and the other. Uh, boxing fans that are out there will watch the rematch, and they both said, of course, they'll rematch at the end of the thing. Like, no big surprise. Everybody makes more money. Pay-per-view makes more money. Um, and, and, and boxing fights who care about technical boxing will watch it. And now those people that may have, have watched it because of uh, the McGregor fight are gone. So good job. Uh, any, any way of reviving the, uh, the sport is gone. And, uh, and whatever, a lot of people made a lot of money last night and a lot of people will make a lot of money the next time they fight. So uh, at the end of the day, nothing changes for boxing, nothing changes for Canelo, nothing changes for Triple G, nothing changes for you and I, and we're on to football. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. what a big waste yeah. of time circle jerk. And that's what it is. So, um, yeah. So there, there, there uh, we go. I'm Eddie sorry, Kyle. Wait. It's, it's, it is what it is, man. Right? Like, because I, I like, I, I, I would love boxing to come back, though. I like, I would. Like, I, I'm a big, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm a big fan, but I love the sport. But it's just so hard 
as kind of a casual fan to just kind of get into it, man, because, I mean, for all the reasons that you talked about, it just it always seems like a major letdown. The, 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 the event, the sport, the, the, the judges, everything about boxing always seems like a major letdown. And, and I think you know what? You, Seth, you kind of mentioned. You know what? Let me what? just jump in there, and and I'm going to say, everything around except, except when they when they touch gloves, and they start punching each other in the face, and and for me that's where the letdown ends, right? Like yes, the yeah. letdown, the the weigh-ins, the you know. So maybe they need to hire somebody like uh, Dana White or Vince McMahon to be the face of boxing and to be. Um, you know, and to fix the, those outside things because to yeah. me, uh, it, UFC is too fast, right? It's like a, it's like a comment. I, I just don't like it. I never did. Uh, and mm-hmm. you're right. All of that stuff, uh, it, it's boring. It's, it's controversial. It's confusing. But when they go in, when you have two fighters like like Triple G and uh, and Canelo, and they're in it now, it's a good thing, man. I was so close. My uncle. Uh, in in New York, is a huge. We we've both been huge Canelo fans since he kind of took on took the scene, and now he's won. You know he's fought in over fifty professional fights. So it's been a long time we've been a fan of this kid. We almost did it. We almost spent the money and went to Vegas and did the whole thing. Now if I do that, I'm pre pissed at this. I'm yeah. Pissed. If, I'm, if, if I went from Rhode Island <laughs> to uh, Las Vegas. And uh, and spent that much money for a draw. I think I'm pretty pissed. I want to see my my yeah. buddy get 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 his face bashed in. So anyway, sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but uh, that that's no, the exciting it's fine. Part. It really is. Yeah. it is. That's the the exciting part. When boxing gets good is when two dudes are punching each other in the face, and you know uh, the, the technical aspect where where people start wearing each other down, and you get that one guy, Gotti Ward, one, two, or three, and 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 not fall in love with boxing. Right, that's the. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you, you've ever done it, but if you do it, uh, watch the fighter and the, the movie, the fighter, and then watch all three of those matches. And if you're not a boxing fan, when you leave, then you have no soul. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, boxing movies are always the best movies. I I think we can like I can't for me personally like I can't watch football based movies. It's just I I, I critique it too much. But like boxing movies, boxing movies, I feel always if you're talking about sports a sport that has the best movies. Can anybody beat boxing? I mean, there are so many good boxing movies out there. I don't says, know how says, that says the, guy from, says the guy from yeah. me. I wonder why. He's okay, I mean, that, right? I'm not even talking about Rocky, Kyle. I'm not even, fuck you, all right? Like, I'm not even talking about Rocky. I'm just talking there's a lot of other good boxing movies, all right? I know. I mean, we do have a fucking statue of a fucking fictional character in our city, but regardless, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is fantastic. All right. So, all right, you got me. Um, you got me. Yeah. So, so with that, I think we'll move on. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I think we've said enough. I, uh, but listen, I think that uh, ultimately, eventually, we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back around to this fight because it'll probably happen. I'm going to say, you know, this will be an April through, you know, April to June fight of next year. And, you know, they'll train and, you know, a lot of, a lot of shit talking, a lot of, a lot of tension will happen and maybe it'll be a better fight. Yeah. And, and, and it was, listen, it was a good fight. It was a great fight. Um, you know, and, and I think people wanted a knockout. 
uh, I think a lot of people thought Canelo was going to get knocked out, and he didn't. So, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So we're done with this. Let's, right. let's move along. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. So you, uh, you, you're you driving the ship, executive producer. Where? How did we do last week? That's what I need to know. How did? You know, we talked a lot of shit last week on this radio, yeah. on this here radio program, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, I, I certainly am eating a gigantic bowl of humble pie in a lot of a lot of areas, right? Um, uh-huh. But I think I did I did okay in some other places. Why don't we? Uh, is that is that where you were headed this morning? Talk about you know, maybe yeah, a yeah. recap. Yeah, let's talk about the recap. So when we talk about the lines, Kyle, it wasn't the best day for you. Uh, but but in, in, to be fair, I think it, you know point of emphasis this week is that you know you made a lock, I never made a lock, so that's a point against me. Like that, that's a negative. Um, I think. I think this week we should try like a three-team parlay, like your three-team parlay and what that is. So maybe the three games that you're really setting in there. And I'm a little bit more prepared than last week, so I have all the game lines and I have all the over and unders um, recorded as well. So that will be a little smooth. Kyle, the one big miss that both me and you have is the Cincinnati Bengals. Woof. Well, I mean, we were both buying stocks on them a week ago, and two games later, it's just like, wow, what the fuck were we thinking? I mean, we we were both buying stock in the Bengals. We were both buying high. I thought they were come. I I thought they had them good. Like I was on the record saying, you know, I really like their offense, and you know, between the last time we talked and now. They played two games, zero offensive touchdowns. It looked atrocious that that whole team in general. So that's a that's a big bad woof. I mean, do we do we need to say anything more about that, or should we just like just take no, that punch really and move bad. on? Yeah, just take <laughs> the punch. And 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 I I feel like you're right, right? Like um, you're bound to be. And and I never claim to be great. Uh, with lines, I, I, I'm not yeah. that guy. Um, and so, and that's okay. I mean, I understand that people are, and people do, and people do want insight. Uh, you know, when they listen to a radio show on, on people's opinions, when it comes to gambling lines, um, I think I might be um, really good uh, or much better just picking games straight up. So maybe, uh, yeah. you know, and definitely um, pretty good when it comes to the fantasy element of it. So uh, we'll, we'll see if I can get a little bit better this week on, on the lines. But uh, we're, yeah. I know we're going to go over takes and stuff. I think I was certainly better yeah. with my takes than I was with my betting lines. So, but, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's a disaster. It's, hopefully this is Marvin's last year. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, boy, I – you know that that AJ Green uh, in the second round is not looking like the smartest thing ever. Yeah, I mean you you had a take him when you took him though. Like that's not. I did. Like, you, oh, that's true. You know, I, I, when you're playing fantasy football, you're you're just you basically have to draft off potential inconsistency, and AJ Green has always proven that like he he is consistent. He's the top talent. Uh, he's always going to put up some numbers. So you had to take him in the second round when he fell to you. Unfortunately, sometimes this shit bites you. Um, but, like, look at I, like, we had, I had, 
I think me and you, me and you are going against each other in fantasy this week, and I'll, I'll pull up the teams. But you know, I had DeAndre Hopkins. You had AJ Green. Um, at the end of the day, both lines were similar. Like they they both ended around the same yeah, amount like of points total. Like I think. Yeah, and so kind of as as a fan, I guess for me. I'll take that, you know, just especially with the Houston being the road team. It's just like, you know, for me, I had to play I, – I felt like I had to play DeAndre Hopkins because he can go off. And, you know, when yeah. when you have a stud, you play your stud. So, um, but, wow, that, that thing – they already fired their OC right after that uh, game. Two, I mean, they, yeah. they, they're, they're a mess. They're a mess. Yeah, they sure are. Uh, they are. They are. So, I, I'm just looking at uh, – I'm just looking at some of the other takes. You know, I, I kind of I listened to it again, and I wrote some shit down. You know, I, one thing we we talked about that uh, that I agreed with was the, the Oakland-Tennessee. Like, we asked if that was the best game of the weekend. And I would argue that we were right with that, but it might not be for the reasons that we thought. What do you think of Tony Romo's first time in the box? I mean, I – I kind of liked it. I kind of liked him calling out the plays before the snaps. I, I kind of liked the way he handled himself in the booth. I think it was refreshing because I think Phil Sims is, well, he was a disaster up there. I mean, he said a lot of stuff that I was yelling at. So I think the game was good. It was, it was, it was two top teams in the AFC and Tony Romo calling it. Uh, I, I really liked it. And as an Eagles fan, actually – Agree, and you as a Giants fan actually agreeing. I mean, talking about like maybe liking Tony Romo now. I mean, look, it. I don't have anything against the guy. He didn't win that many playoff games, and you know he threw a lot of picks with the Eagles. So like, I really have nothing against Tony Romo, but I think he did a good job in the booth. What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I completely agree. Uh, I don't think that he was wrong one time. I don't think that he was wrong one yeah. time. And, you know, obviously this is a, a quarterback in the NFL, uh, but, but maybe this speaks to his legacy as a, uh, you know, as a, uh, as a quarterback. If you, yeah. you know, could he, could he see that on the field? I think he probably could. And, you know, is that an indictment on Wade Phillips and Sperano and Jason Garrett and all of the coaches that coached him along the way? Uh, you know, did they not use him right? Did they, you know, what were the Cowboys? And, and now does it, does it make Jerry Jones look like, you know, even when Dak was winning games at the beginning of the season and he was saying Tony Romo's my guy, you know, it makes a little bit more sense to me now. Um, and I always had at least a respect for Tony Romo when we played against him. I thought that he, mm-hmm. he you know, very, um, very, uh, what's the, uh, yeah, it's, it's the morning. It's, uh, uh, the San Diego quarterback, what's his name? Uh, Rivers. They're very similar, I right? Know. Yeah, right. Philip Rivers. Yeah. Um, very similar guys, right? Where not a lot of playoff yeah. wins in the Hall of Fame uh, conversation because of what type of quarterback they are, and and mm-hmm. I think they, I think I do have more respect for him, um, and 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 I like that he called it out. I and I think that it, from a football fan perspective, I think it was really interesting, really really interesting to to. Um, you know, to see that. And uh, I'll, you know, people will definitely be tuning into whatever game that he's calling today. Um, and maybe yeah. Jay Cutler should have done the same thing. <laughs> maybe, right? Like, <laughs> well, uh, I guess 
Uh, we don't know. I mean, it's crazy. Miami hasn't even played a game yet. So I guess we'll see after we'll see after today what if that Miami team if that Miami team is uh, is real at all or Jay Cutler should just go back and smoke oh, cigarettes and stuff from his couch. They're not even really. Okay, bro, so here's they, my first hot take. I like the Dolphins this year. Like, I, I don't think oh they're, like, 11-5. Uh, Dude, Jay Cutler is going to be smoking cigarettes, just chucking the football off to Devontae Parker and Landry, and they got a good running game. Yo, Cutler is not going to be bad this year. Like, we're, everybody's selling on Cutler. Like, dude, the guy is just smoking cigarettes, slinging the football. He's going to be okay. But, all right, that, that's, I guess that's I my think... first hot take. I think well, that is a red hot fiery take. I agree. But, uh, because you know he is going to be horrific. Um, you know, in Miami, Miami's a we- weird team to begin with. But I mean, that team—they were on the uptick for for sure. And I like those receivers, but I'm not sure, bro. I don't know. I don't know, I don't yeah. know if I can get on board with that. I don't know. So uh, so yeah, that was refreshing, and I, I think that was I think that was a good game, even despite um, you know the, the greatness of Tony Romo. I thought uh, you know that game, Tennessee was in that game. They kept climbing back. Um, I loved Delaney Walker at the end of that game. I, I think it was a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it was twenty six sixteen. I mean, look at I, Oakland's the real deal. I, I, I think Oakland. I mean, we're always finding teams that can compete with the Patriots in the AFC. Um, I, I think this was a statement one for Oklahoma, and I don't really – I mean, Oakland, um, and I don't really think that's a, that hot of a take. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, Oakland – that whole AFC West, I think, is a really, really good division. I mean, we got – you got the Oakland Raiders, you got the Chiefs, you got the Denver Broncos, and you have the, or the LA Chargers fucking – San Diego shit. Um, I, I, we, can we touch on that really quickly? Yeah. Um, Going? Yeah. Wow. What a disaster that is right now. Like, yeah. it is a disaster in L.A. And they knew that it was going to be, I guess. I don't know. I, I, what the hell do you do about that? What do you do? Does the new stadium do it? I don't know if it does. I hope it does. No, it doesn't. I, I it doesn't. I'll go on record. Two year, my two-year future prediction here is that it doesn't matter how nice your fucking stadium is. Both, both California teams, or all the California teams that hosted a game this weekend struggled to get attendance. Do you see how bare the San Francisco game was? You saw how, like, the Coliseum, I think the, the attendance total that, you know, they officially put out for the Rams was, like, 60,000, but it looked like 35. I mean... The only advantage for this, uh, the Chargers is that they're playing in a fucking MLS stadium. You know, they're playing in a StubHub Stadium, which is uh, an MLS team that has like 20, I think the seating is like 27,000. So it actually might look packed. But, yeah, the, the, the NFL already failed in L.A. And I think, I think it's going to fail again, but it's just like – at the end of the day, I don't think NFL really cares about in attendance or in, in seat stuff because most of the money's coming from TV. But dude, it's it, that that true, was bad guess, for the NFL. But, but wow, three three moves in a row, and clearly we don't know what's going to happen in Las Vegas. I can't imagine 
you know, listen, I think that at some point in Vegas, I can picture, right, like us being on the cusp and or and being like, okay, um, like say it's like a Sunday night Thursday thing or a Monday Thursday thing where uh, mm-hmm. we could get in a giant a Giants and an Eagles game in in Vegas, right? So say like yep. it was a Monday night game against the Eagles, and then on Thursday night they hosted another game against the Giants, right? If that ever happened. Yeah. Are you saying that we wouldn't at least throw out the idea of going to Vegas, catching the Monday oh. game, hanging out in Vegas for three days, then catching the Giants game, and then coming home? Like, I think we would absolutely make that – like, we would talk about it at least, right? Like, yeah. that would be interesting enough where it would be like, okay, let's take a little mini vacation. We'll take the show on the road and go do that. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, is, is Las, Vegas, Las Vegas a big enough city to – warrant its own team. We don't know what kind of fans they're going to be. We don't know anything about that. And I, yeah. so well, big, big game, Vegas big has gambles. like 2 million residents though. Like Vegas is, it's a, it's a growing city. Like yeah, it has 2 million residents, but I think the reasons that you just talked about, like, I think that's why Vegas will work is because, I mean, it's probably not going to be the greatest. It's either going to be the greatest home field advantage or the worst home field advantage, meaning like how much, stupid shit are some of these young teams going to get when they come to Vegas for a weekend for a business trip and they have everything that you can do in Vegas. But it could be one of the worst home field advantage for the reasons that you talked about. Like, how many touristy fans will they get on a week-to-week basis? Like, I mean, is the stadium going to be 15 20% of the other team just because it gives you an excuse to go out to Vegas and watch, watch your game and do all that stuff? But um. Yeah, yeah. I think Vegas. Is, I think Vegas is going to be a much better situation than LA is. I think that hot take number two for the day. I, I, I think Vegas is going to be fine, but LA is going to struggle and it's going to continue to struggle. Just seems like a bad move, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we can uh, yeah. let's move on. Let's smash some more takes. Uh, let me let me look. Uh, Seattle didn't look too great, Kyle. On Sunday, so you were saying how the NFC goes through Seattle. I don't think I don't think I'm selling. I mean, look it, it's week one. I mean, this is this is the most overreacting week uh, of the year. It is after week one going to week two. It feels like either the world's on fire or your team's winning. Unless you're a Cincinnati so, fan, right? Yeah, yeah, Cincinnati, you sell, just sell, man, just sell. I mean. um you know, Shady had a good day. That was one of your per- prediction. Um, I thought Arizona rebounded, would, would rebound, but Carson Palmer, he looks old, man. He just looks old and crusty, and I, I don't know if that team is going to hold up. Dude, and one of, the, one of the things that we talked about is last week we were talking about the Bears-Falcons line, how it was very peculiar, and uh, there was something shady going on there. Well, I think the line was six and a half. Atlanta minus six and a half. It ended up being twenty three seventeen Atlanta. So so Atlanta did not cover. So we both we both picked Atlanta in this game, but we we mentioned the line and we were spot on this year, or that at least that game. And I feel like there's another game this year that kind of has the same feeling to it, and we'll get to that. Um, just looking at it. Bu, 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 bu. Yo, Simeon didn't look bad. I, I said I was buying stock in Simeon. Uh, he didn't have a great fourth quarter, but 
Uh, I, I'm going to give myself a half a point on that one. Uh, and let, let's let's look here, dude. I'm sorry about the Giants. Do you want to talk about that at all? Do you want to talk? Do, do you want to talk about the 10:30 my at night message? Just my text message you were sending me. Yeah. I was do you want to talk about it, or you I was, want to pretend? No, pretend no, that no, never listen, happened. I. No, I am going to own it, and you know, and listen. I don't feel very much differently than I did. <laughs> at 10:30, I, you know, listen, I, I am a, I am a, um, a self-proclaimed sore loser, right? I don't, uh, I don't lose well when I coach. I don't lose well when I don't lose well, but, and I try really hard not to blame other people, um, but that game had everything, all of the makings of, you know, made by the NFL and. You know, can we talk about now? You know that the final ruling is made at NFL headquarters. Can we talk about the replay booth and that weird guy with the thing around his neck holding the tablet? Like, <laughs> it's so it's awkward. Really, that is probably dude, the it's most so awkward, awkward and weird. Oh, it really is. And, and <laughs> I'm looking at it, and I'm like, why does that guy like why? Why does he need something around his neck? Is that thing that heavy? He's only got to hold it for two minutes. Why is that thing around his neck? I don't, I don't – so, yeah, so, I mean, I had an epic meltdown, and if it weren't for the show, very likely I would have carried it through this week and, you know, and, and boycotted the NFL. I mean, the outcome of that game was decided on a, a pass interference call that uh, was not pass interference, was clearly not pass interference, you know, Ezekiel Alec didn't belong in that game to begin with. Uh, and I, 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 and there was so many other frustrations about that game that tied directly to the NFL. And, and I think it's going to get worse as we move forward. And I, that's what I think. Uh, and so my frustrations remain and probably will always remain uh, with the NFL. And, you know, I enjoy doing our show. Um, so me giving up and walking away from the NFL is not an option right now. Um, and maybe when we stop the show, it will be. Do you really think, do you really think you could walk away? Like from totally NFL, like walk away from the giants, walk away from everything. Do you really think you can do that? I mean, you're you're not a young pup anymore, Kyle. I mean, old dogs can't really Um, learn new tricks anymore, but you can just walk away and not care. So here, here's what I'll say to that is, and, and we won't get too crazy political, but um, so, so when I walked in to one time, uh, Heather, Coach Heather and I uh, walked into Walmart and they were having a food drive, right? And we assumed that this food drive was for people in the community. But then we mm-hmm. found out like early on that this food drive was for um, – uh, the, the employees that work there, right? So Walmart allowed the employees to have a food drive around Thanksgiving for themselves, right? And, and so here, one of the biggest corporations in the world was, and they were like, oh, well, it's not really our problem. You know, uh, Walmart releases a statement and says, it's not the problem of the workers, it's their spouses that are the problem. So we want to try to support them 
as much as we can, and the economy is bad. So a lot of the people that work here, their spouses don't work, so we need to help out. Well, that's, it was clearly just not true that, uh, you, you know, we found that, uh, uh, you know, 80% or greater uh, Walmart employees fell under the part-time category and didn't get benefits, didn't make anything more than minimum wage. And we were appalled when we, when we left there and, you know, and they were having a food drive for their own employees. So we decided at that point we were boycotting Walmart, right? And, mm-hmm. and, we, and we did. And, and that was a place where, you know, the local – you know, we live in Whitesville, USA. I think you know that, right? Like, um, so the grocery stores, the grocery stores are expensive. The gas stations are expensive. Everything's expensive here, and you know, because it's Whitesville, USA. And uh, so we would go to Walmart just to try to save a, a few dollars on not go right directly to Stop and Shop. And so there was a place that we went, my wife and I, for twenty plus years or, or fifteen plus years since we've been together, and we walked away because we didn't believe in it. And uh, a lot of people did. And then ultimately, Walmart changed their hiring practices and hiring standards, and they raised the, the income, and they raised. So, so do I believe that I could have walked away? Would I have completely walked away? Would I have not checked the box score? No, I would have always checked the box score because of the, the love of my team. I've invested 38 years of my life into that team. But could I, could I not um, consume the product in a, in a way that the NFL makes money? Yes, I can do that. I could easily do that. Okay. I could, right. I, I could not watch the commercials. I could not uh, uh, give the NFL any money at all. So, um, and, and I know that was kind of a long answer to that. But, no, but, um, it's, it's all right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I'm fr- and, and, and our buddy, friend of mine, smart guy, Alex Cooper has done this, the same. This, he's going into his third year of an NFL uh, ban. And he knows what's going on with the Giants. He reads the box, sco- the box score, right? He knows he reads up on it, um, but he will not consume it. He will not consume it in a way that the NFL makes money uh, because the NFL needs to fix, fix itself. It's going in the wrong direction. So, um, so that's what I'll say about my, my epic meltdown. Um, I stand behind <laughs> it a little. Um, okay. But uh, and if it gets any worse, man, I, honest to God, you know I'm trying to give a little a little leeway and a little leniency here. Um, but if I see what I'm hoping that it was opening Sunday night football, it was the first night of the week, it was in Dallas, it was a divisional game. Like energy and tensions were high, and uh, we're not going to see anything as egregious as that moving forward. I certainly hope not. I certainly hope not. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know, Kyle, should I bring it up or not? But, like, I, I think it was important because I, I don't think you're the only one in the same boat. You know, I, I don't think you're all on an island here alone with, with that type of um, take and that type of experience. I mean, the it, it, even even with the, the Eagles-Redskins game, like that fumble at the end with Kirk Cousins, I mean, that that was an incomplete pass. Eagle fan here a minute. That's an incomplete pass. Now was, was I? Was yeah. I? You know, uh, I, I, you know, you look at the replay. I'm like, ah, oh, that's incomplete. Like usually, I'm like, I'm, I don't get how it takes like five minutes for some of these reviews. Usually, I need to view it one or twice, and I'm like, all right, like, I, I, I I'm like 95% accurate, but like that's that. How how is like, how are these refs so bad? Like, it, it's just, it seems across the board, there are three to four calls at, on any game that is a huge, that, that, that changed the game drastically and that these, these refs are getting wrong. Like, 
how would you go back and replay it and view that as a fumble? That, that's that that you slow motion shows that's an incomplete pass, and that's just the Eagles Redskins game, and that that obviously that call you know dictated the game that 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 sealed it for the Eagles, and I think if you go you know, the pass interference call with the Giants and the Cowboys. And if you go through each of these games, there are two or three kind of calls that are on this balancing beams that it feels like the refs get wrong but end up drastically changing the game. And it feels like, you know, I want to I watch a football games where you don't know the refs are on the field. Like, they're, they're not – like, they'll, they'll call it when it's obvious. They'll call – you know, they call just call your penalties. But, like – Get your nose. Don't dictate the game. And I feel like more and more now in the NFL, it doesn't matter if these refs are part time or full time. That these refs are implementing themselves into a game and dictating the outcome. And I don't think that's that's a good spot for the NFL to be in because then it brings up the questions like you had about the league and you know are they are they putting their hand in the spot? Do they are they trying to dictate an outcome? There's a lot. I, I think it opens up to you, and I think it's then st- it becomes fair to start questioning the league with with some of these some of this bullshit that that happens on the day to day to basis with these games. So I mean, I, I know that's a long one to take, and I don't know if I said anything really of value there, but I mean, <laughs> now you definitely laughable. Yeah, it's just like it's just. It just seems odd to me that a league this big, this powerful, this much money still allows these fucking zebras to dick shit up on on any given day. Like, every game has a lot of calls that are just terrible. Yeah, and it's, it's it, it can't – and listen, there's that element in every sport. And you do you want to – there has to be some – human um, interaction and there has to be some give and take. I, I'm not saying that that's not, you know, I don't think you want to automate the entire process. I really don't. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, my, my, um, you know, we went to the Super Bowl in like whatever, uh, 2000, right. Against the Baltimore Ravens and uh, mm-hmm. lost that game, got our asses handed to us. Um, you know, that they, the infamous Trent Dilfer has a ring. Right. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, one of the, one of the greatest defenses of all time. And then uh, the following year uh, we go to play um, the San Francisco 49ers in the division, the wild card round in the next season. And uh, giants had like a 28 to seven lead going into the second half. And uh, Terrell Owens went on this run. Uh, San Francisco catches up, but the, 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 the officials, completely screw up the last play of the game which would have resulted in a giant score and the Giants move on in the playoffs. The league uh, comes out the next day following the outcome of the game where San Francisco wins that game and says we screwed up and you know that we made the wrong call at the end of the game. The Giants probably should have won that game and they didn't they didn't take the game back. You know, you can't really, once that has been decided, that's never happened in the history of sports where they overturn a game. And then, you know, and so with that, uh, my hate for the NFL, the league and officials began. I understand the need for it to be a human interaction, but they've got to do something uh, so that these one little two, one, two calls doesn't change the entire outcome of the game. Um, and, and, yeah. and listen, we can we can use this as an opportunity to transition into this Dallas uh, 
you know, Dallas game or, or Dallas as a whole. And, uh, you know, at home, Sunday night football, I mean, they, they're blowing back Prescott. Like, literally, people are just asking him to take down his pants. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Are you buying – you buying or selling? No. You buying or selling that What on that? I, I, I'm I'm selling. I'm selling. I'm selling. I'm selling. Look at. I mean, how how are you gonna how are you gonna get down on your knees for an offense that only had one touchdown? Right? Like it was a, it was a sixteen thirteen game. Like it wasn't like it was like those great offensive production. I mean, I still think he misses throws that that he's supposed to hit. I mean, I don't I don't know. I I, I Dallas got a lot of help. You know, I like they did get a lot of help. Kind of go like you go into this. I'm I'm anxious to see what this Denver defense. So right now, this week Dallas is in Denver. Um, They're at Mile High. Denver has a great defense. Like we'll see what happens. But but I'm not. I'm I'm still selling on the Dak train, and I'll probably I'll probably sell all year. Maybe because I'm stubborn, maybe because I'm an Eagles fan, but like we've seen this before, we've seen this with RG three, we we've seen this with a lot of sophomore quarterbacks, and we've seen Cam, Cam like, with that type of stuff. Cam Newton, right? Like that. The, the, this is not a new script, right? This this is not a new, a, a something that we haven't seen before. Like, and I, I think the whole offense in general. Is going to be a little bit is overrated, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm still selling. I, I think Dak struggles today. I, I think I think you know people are start working the blueprint a little bit of how to stop him. Um, yeah. So that that's my that's my. Opinion. So yeah, I mean I I think um, here here's what what I'll I'll say about that is, um, and then I want to move on to something else uh, that. We were very, very wrong on. Um, <laughs> but I will say that that I was, uh, you know, he's a physical specimen, right? He's a big dude. He's got tree trunk mm-hmm. legs. Uh, but I, I mean, I didn't see it, they, the, the offense moved the ball sort of at will. Um, mm-hmm. They ran really, really well. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, I think, but 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 I may be selling as well this week. I am buying Carson Wentz, and I, I hate to say that to you, um, mm-hmm. but boy, uh, I saw things that he was doing that I didn't think uh, was possible. And uh, you got to be, and we'll get into those takes a little later on. Um, yeah. But uh, I do want to give him a tip to that in that first place. I don't know what that first text message I sent to you was after that escape play. Uh, where he you know, yeah. and, and, and throws that ball on the sideline to Aguilar. I was like, Jesus Christ. I said, wow, yeah. I think to you. Like, that, that was unreal, and, and it was. So, um, but let me, let, let's jump into something else really quickly and say, um, how about we were – could we have been more wrong about Cleveland? Uh, yes. You know, well, you said you, – you, I'll give you a point here because you, you did mention that you think the sh- um, that Kaiser was probably one of the best QBs on a very bad team or one of the one of the best QB situations on the bad teams in the league. So I'll give you a point there. But, yeah, I don't think – he kind of looks like he belongs, doesn't he? Doesn't Kaiser kind of – He really does. Like and, he, 
I like the core there. I like uh, Corey Coleman and Isaiah Crow, mm-hmm. and uh, I, 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 that core could be interesting. And the defense has stepped up significantly. I mean, that's a that Steelers team's a team that's supposed to give the, you know, actually right now I think they would be ranked number one or or two in the AFC, and uh, yeah. and and they gave them a, a really good run, and uh, that game was a fun game to watch. Uh, that may have yeah. been the funnest game of Sunday in retrospect, right? I mean, uh, uh, who doesn't love uh, the underdog story and who's not the ultimate yeah. underdog with the Cleveland Browns, right? Um, yeah. So they were, they I, were I, I, let me look at it. They were like, ahead, they were like nine and a half point dogs in that game, right? And then ended up being three points, right? Like, yeah, yeah they were nine and a yeah, half three point points. dogs. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm completely with you. That was a lot of, lot of fun. I think Cleveland's going to be – I mean, my overreaction Sunday, week two, but they, they, they're going to be a tough out for some teams. Like, they're not – like last year when you had Cleveland on the calendar, especially after week one when RG3 was a dumbass and injured himself. And I call him – he injured himself because I was at that game, Kyle. He ran into the defense of uh, the cornerback. He could have just stepped out bounds. He could have just taken a, a, a one yard less and stepped out bounds. Yep. But he yep. literally – Force like he himself ran into the corner and injured himself. So that's why he's a dumbass. So really, after week one, I think Cleveland became a laughing stock on your calendar. But I like Hugh Jackson as a coach. Like he's, I, I do think too. He's doing, yeah. I think he's turning things around. I, you know, you got to give these programs time, though. It's, I mean. It, it makes me laugh when you know the Browns fire a coach after two or three years. It's like. The type of shit they have to overcome to get a, a functional team is is absurd. So give Hugh Jackson some time. I, I think I, I think this is a grown team. Kaiser, I think Kaiser looks like he, he could be a guy. Just some stability. You know, he might not be the best, but if he's a serviceable quarterback and he gives you stability, that's something at the quarterback position that Cleveland has not had in forever. Well, so here's a here's a really bad team that has got some stability is the Buffalo Bills with Tyrod Taylor, right? That's the kind of stability yeah. that you're looking for. Tyrod Taylor is in no question of losing his job, right? I mean, I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's there, uh, and they're executing. It's not a good team. I mean, they're one and zero. They beat the Jets. Big whoop. I, I mean, but that if, if you can get that kind of play. Well, that elevates you to a five to seven win team if you have the, mm-hmm. if you add that kind of stability that they haven't had. So, uh, and and in a really bad AFC, the AFC is begging, begging for somebody to emerge. Uh, and and I'm yeah. not sure who that is. I mean, I think you're right about the AFC West. I think that oh, any of those teams could could really bring it, except for the Chargers. Uh, I don't think they're bringing mm-hmm. anything. But uh, yeah. uh, the other three teams. That could be a division winner and two wild cards right there, the way that the AFC looks. So uh, yeah. I think that, that the AFC is primed for the take, and I don't think it's going to take many more than eight or nine wins uh, to really compete there. And uh, I don't think yeah. they're that far, based on what I saw. And granted, I always say that those divisional games are weird, and you can never count on a divisional game. You know, uh, uh, Patriots fly down to Miami and get beat by a terrible Miami teams all the time. So I'm not ready to, to crown their asses yet, uh, but I will, uh, <laughs> I will definitely say that uh, I, I am hopeful for the Cleveland Browns moving forward. Now, here's what I'll say. 
is, and you know, I, I attacked you and Dylan last year, both teams five and zero going into week six or week seven. <laughs> And you guys were both on cloud nine, just strutting around, chests out. You guys look like Conor McGregor walking around the office. And I, uh, yeah, it's true. You know, it's true. And I was like, holy shit, I like defeated Seth way better than I like arrogant Seth, right? Like you were, uh, it it was funny shit. And so I will say that I will put Cleveland. Well, it didn't take long to get miserable after that. No, it it didn't. didn't It didn't take long for me to go get back to learn. You were like, see, 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 uh, and, and it, see, uh, but, but, but anyhow, I digress. Um, the, uh, it, it's, it's Cleveland Brown fans are like Raider fans when they're good and Cowboy fans when they're good. You don't hear from them when, when things are going bad, but boy, when things are going good, you hear from them. You know, the, the Giants and the Eagles have both consistently won eight games on average, uh, you know, and have been competitive and been a question mark for the playoffs for the last 25 years. Those teams have not. And so, yeah. uh, and, and certainly the Giants and the Eagles have both gone through a couple year stretches, but they never go that long without making a, a playoff appearance. Whereas those teams, man, just, just, just act like you've been there before. You know, like, please. Please, Browns fans. This is my message to Browns fans. Just, just if you if you go if you win two in a row if you win three in a row, act like you've been there before, right? Like uh, the '98 uh, Denver Broncos won were eight and zero and lost. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and and I, I draw that comparison because it, it, they weren't supposed to be, and they didn't act like they had been there before. Uh, so act like you've been there before, please. If you win a few games, let's not don't don't go out building statues. Don't you know? Let's still, you know, uh, uh, Bernie Kosar is not going to the Hall of Fame anytime soon. So let's just stop, okay? Everybody, take a deep yeah. breath. Everybody, that's all I'm saying. Take it in stride, Brown fan. Take it in stride. Um, so on your game quickly, and then we can move on. Uh, did yeah. uh, but has the has the uh, the hype? And the franchise tag and all the things in, in Washington got into Kirk Cousins, that contract in his head, uh, and, uh, and was – you've seen Terrell Pryor, right, with your own eyes, big physical yeah. guy. Uh, you, you liked what you saw. You were like, damn, I like this guy. Uh, but, man, they were going to him, and he looked, uh, he looked like a college receiver. He, he dropped some serious passes. That team's in trouble, I think. And – uh, I don't know. They had flashes that where they looked good, but uh, is Terrell Pryor who we thought he was? Or are we we buying or selling Terrell Pryor? Uh, I I mean, I, I drafted him in like the third round, so I I I, I'm, I have to stick with him a little bit. Look, it, you never know. You never know. Like it, sometimes it takes these these quarterbacks and these receivers some time to kind of build some chemistry. You can't just do it in the preseason games. I mean, I think we're going to see the same thing with Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey for the Eagles. I think there were some throws Carson missed on to both of those. I think you can relate it back to chemistry. Um, But, like, some of the drops and just, like, him just kind of – I think the first play they went deep to prior, and he kind of – he couldn't find the ball, and and that's concerning. I think that's – if you're a Washington – more so than the drops is just kind of uh, just him kind of looking lost in the offense. And it's not like they picked him up two weeks ago. I mean, he had a full off season with OTAs. He had a full preseason with camp. 
um, and, and and some of those preseason games. So I, I'm still by it's one game. I, I don't want to become overreaction keys here or big sins overreaction hype uh, after week one. I'm still buying stock in the prior because Cousins was going to him and they were targeting him a lot. And if they could, if you can clean up some of the drop balls, I think he's going to be fine. But it was not. I think I think I would be more concerned about Cousins than I would be Terrell Pryor after week one. Is that fair? That is fair. Six four six seven eight seven eight five three six. Six four six seven eight seven eight five three six. We are uh, we're broadcasting live, obviously Sunday morning, and uh, we are going to be uh, we are actually live thanks to Big Cinnamon on uh, uh, our feed is alive and well on iTunes. I think we're going to be working on Google Play this week. Uh, so good job, Big mm-hmm. We're we're uh, we're right. broadcasting live. Uh, I want to say the second hour, uh, <coughs> excuse me, of the program. Is, uh, is is sponsored by Now Renting, uh, NowRenting.com. It's a solution for landlords. So we'll just uh, we'll leave it at that for now. I think we may actually have some uh, produced commercials for that next week, so that'll be exciting. Uh, if you want to call in, uh, we said the number here a few times: six four six seven eight seven eight five three six. Coming into our number two, Northeast Nor'easter Sportscast, and uh, I'm going to let you take the shit back over, Feff. Like, uh, what's next? Okay next on the on the nor'easter docket uh do you want to do you want to go right into the games for hour two i mean is, is this a good yeah, jumping off that. point to take a look it's at a good right. jumping off point yeah yeah we can so i'm a little bit more prepared than i was yesterday so this this should be a little bit smoother transition so um yeah let's just get right into it i the first game you know some of these games looking at it just just are like ill like Wolf, you know, just like you just look at it and there's no appeal at all. For instance, this Arizona, the Cardinals are at Indianapolis. The uh, the Cardinals are seven-point favorites. The over-under is 44. But, I, I mean, you talked about a couple games last week that you're, you're trying to run from, kicking and screaming. This is one of those games that I don't want any action on. I don't want any part of it. I don't know what to expect. I mean, the Colts are starting Brissett. I mean, how uh, how dysfunctional is this fucking Colts team? And Arizona, they're just they're looking old, man. They're looking old. So I don't know, man. I'm kicking and screaming. I don't want this is not going to be part of my parlay. This is not going to be part of any type of action on me. I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I'm probably I mean, I listen. We don't we. We don't even have to cover this, really. I mean, <laughs> seriously, it yeah. has no impact on anything at all. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. So, look, it, just to be on the record, I'll eat the seven points, and I'm going under here. But that that's, that's just yeah, so I, I mean, can I, officially be on a record about a game, you know. I, yeah, that's fine. I mean, if I, if you want me to go on, on record, I, I'll do the same. I'm not going to no, pick a winner. I'm you, not you even going to. Yeah, I, yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm going f- full bore with you. Uh, screw the points, uh, screw the teams. I'm going under. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, Kyle. We'll just say, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think this is going to be a points fest here is we got the Patriots are at the the Saints. The Patriots are, I think the morning line is six and a half. Yeah, this one has moved between like the six and seven and a half type of range. Right now it's lying at um, New England, six and a half point favorites at New, New Orleans. The over the over under on this is fifty seven though. 
like fifth, like that. People are expecting points, man. They're expecting points. Um, you know, I, I'm probably going to go. I, the Patriots don't lose back to back games, do they? They don't. Nope. There's no way. Uh, nope. So I couldn't I, couldn't agree couldn't agree more. Yeah. Although, so, we, uh, yeah. what? Go ahead, make the make your pick, make it official. Uh, I, I'm picking. I'll, I'll eat the points here with New uh, New England. I'm probably staying away from the the over under on this game, but I'll take New England uh, minus six and a half. All right. So I am. Here's what I'm saying: is I look. I try to look at the history books. Right. I, uh, week two last yeah. year was a very similar game. New York Giants at New Orleans Saints. Uh, it, it had looked like, and, and, and here comes the, the Giants off a win in Dallas last year. And mm-hmm. uh, Beckham, looked, uh, Beckham looked pretty good, <laughs> but, and, and they snuck away with a win. Uh, the Saints were as bad of a team as they are right now, and uh, they expected a barn burner. They expected this uh, this forty to, to, to forty five to forty game, and what they got mm-hmm. was like nine nine six. Like it was. Uh, I remember that field goal. Yeah. Yep. It was a field goal game, weird game that was not televised here. Me and my son in this like sketchy bar watching them. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we, we we watched that game. Uh, uh, Although we would end up going back to that same bar three more times because of superstition, and you know we won, so we needed to go back there anyway. So uh, uh, good times, but uh, I'm I'm going to say that this is this goes under. Uh, I won't say that it's going to be okay. a nine six game, but I do say that it goes under. Uh, I like the Patriots like a like a twenty four seventeen, twenty eight twenty one something like that. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Good take. Good take. So this line reminds me a lot of the Chicago Lanta line from last week. It is Minnesota is at Pittsburgh. Uh, Minnesota is six-point dogs in, in this fight. Or I think actually it opened up, it, it moved up to six-and-a-half. I mean six, six-and-a-half um, points here. This, this reminds me of that Atlanta where you think the game, I mean, for me personally, I thought this game should be tighter or closer than, than what it is, but now news is coming out about Sammy Long sleeves. It, it has a knee injury. The, the Steelers are, I think they're 15 games over 500 when it comes against the spread at home in the Tomlin era. So I, I, I'm probably I'm I'm probably eating the points here with Pitt. I I, I want to take cover. I'm actually. I think I'm going to put this part of my three-team parlay is Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh minus six and a half here. Boy, uh, that is a weird game, and you know you can't uh, you can't make selections without doing a little bit of research, and you know Vegas does their research. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, and again a weird divisional game. I uh, uh, but I think Minnesota's going to cover. I do. I think this is a four-point game. I think this is a four or five-point game. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to say uh, uh, the uh, Steelers win the game, uh, but they don't uh, – I, uh, I think they cover the spread. Okay, fair enough. Uh, talk about another game. I mean, there's a couple of games here that no interest in. Chicago at Tampa Bay. Chicago is six-and-a-half-point dogs. Um, I think this is – this game is this game is in Tampa, so I don't know. 
like, I don't know anything about this hurricane. I don't know how the field's going to look. I don't know about the stadium. Is it going to be like a total shit show down in Tampa Bay? Um, no, I think Tampa, what... Tampa really, they missed, uh, I think the, uh, I have friends in Tampa and I think that uh, it okay. turned in, uh, inward. I think that, uh, it's pretty clear in Tampa. I think, uh, I think okay. this is a normal game day Sunday. I think, uh, I think that that weird. I, I don't think that. I think that the NFL handled it the way that they should have, uh, with giving yep. Miami and Tampa the bye. Uh, I think it's, it was just a weird situation. Um, but I don't think we've ever had uh, a time in my lifetime where you had a team that was zero and two like the Cincinnati Bengals before a, a game was played. Uh, yeah, uh, where a team that's is, is, you know, a had point. no. Yeah, so I, I think that's a really weird, uh, a, a weird thing um, where you have yeah that that situation. So uh, here, listen, this is a big game for me. Uh, this has nothing to do with the with the curse, right? You know what this has to do with for me? This game has to do with look at Cam Newton two years ago, uh, the breakout season that he had, the fantasy season that he had, uh, and then moved to Matt Ryan last year. Uh, another incredible season. So uh, and, and wins the MVP. So we've got MVP season out of Cam Newton, then MVP season out of Matt Ryan. I think maybe not an MVP season out of James Winston, but this is the year for him that he comes out. He uh, starts making better decisions. Clearly, you see that I made that decision in my fantasy team. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think it is a weird game. Uh, I think the the spread is probably pretty accurate. Uh, but but I think uh, Jameis Winston and Tampa Bay, I like Jaquiz, uh, filling in for Doug Martin while he's suspended. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. I think that I'm I'm interested in that game at least. So sorry okay. to interrupt, but I am I'm interested. No. Okay, so you're taking you're taking Tampa Bay to cover. Uh, I don't know there. about that. I was going to actually let you uh, make that selection uh, first. Yeah. Um, okay. Thinking about it. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I'm taking Chicago. I'll take the six and a half points um, for Chicago. I, I, it's just hard because you don't know, you don't know what to expect from Tampa Bay since you haven't seen them play yet. But like that first game, you're just, I don't know what the layover is going to be between the fourth preseason game and now, like you know, if these coaches would have known they're going, they were going to have such a stretch of time uh, between the fourth preseason game and the actual game that they play the first game they play, I think you'll see a lot of the starters. But now it's been over 30 – it's been like 30 to 40 days now that the starters were actually on the field together. And for that reason, I think there's going to be some rust, and Chicago might actually have the lead going into halftime. Um, I see Tampa Bay still winning this game, but at six and a half points, I'm probably taking Chicago. Especially they kind of are growing this two-headed back monster right now. Uh, in in Chicago, so I'll probably take Chicago to cover this, and um, yeah, love to hear your take or if you want to no, omit I, this I, you decision. Here's what I'll say is um, I think uh, you might be right there. Um, I hadn't really taken the that hangover that layover uh, into account. Uh, I think that game is in Tampa. I think that's a a city that probably needs a win. Uh, you know, they they had to evacuate their homes. It wasn't too traumatizing, but they've been through some stuff in the last few weeks. And I think uh, a little, not, I mean, not certainly not reminiscent of Katrina, 
but uh, similar where uh, you, know, you have a team returning to a stadium that was serving as a shelter a week ago uh, to play football. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like them. I like the energy. Like I said, I'm relying. And, and I think that they probably went more full out in practice. I think you had your practice squad out there. I think they, they simulated a game. I think I did read that. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, in a real situation, so I think you're right. I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you and say Tampa Bay wins, but maybe six is too much. Maybe that's a three, four-point game. Okay. I think that's fair. So swinging back around to your boy Tyrod Taylor, I mean, two guys that we mentioned today, Tyrod Taylor and Cam Newton, coming together here with Buffalo with seven-point dogs at the Panthers. Uh, I think, for, for me personally, I, I think – that 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 point or that that spread is way too high. I, I say I see this could be a three point game in either direction. I'm not buying on Carolina. They went out to very shitty San Fran, and yeah, they they handled themselves. Uh, but I, I don't think that one is all impressive. And then if you look at Buffalo, they beat what the Jets last week, so that one wasn't very impressive. And it was like a 21-12 type of game there. So I, I think these these two teams are mediocre. I, I think they're going to be anywhere from that, you know, that seven and nine, eight and eight range uh, when the season ends. And for that reason, I'm probably taking Buffalo to cover the seven points here because I just don't think there's that much separation between these two teams. But do you have, do you have a really strong feeling about any of these two teams this year? I mean, do you, I, you mentioned that NFC South. Uh, in the last episode, and you're really buying high on that. So I'm assuming you might take Carolina here. I do. I am. I do. And uh, it's it's a team that, again, we're coming off an MVP season for a guy two years ago. And I think we're ready to – we're ready to forget Cam already. And I think uh, because, he, you know, the, and, and he didn't have that terrible of a season last year. He had hurt Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, I think, uh, and, 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 you know, you know credit to you on, on uh, accurately predicting McCaffrey uh, last week. I will definitely give you that. Uh, great call, great job. Um, but they, they utilized him well last week, and they utilized the running game well. And uh, personally, I think Buffalo – uh, again, you may be playing the worst team in the NFL last week, and, and it was not a blow. They did not have control of that game. Um, there were points in that game that the Jets could have clawed back in. Uh, again, really bad team. So um, I think uh, the seven isn't going to be – I think it's close, though. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, that game ends up maybe pushing. You know, I think, I think, that, I think it might be seven, seven, or ten. Uh, so uh, because I'm, I'm buying into Cam, I'm buying into McCaffrey, I'm buying into Benjamin – uh, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take them. I'm going to give the seven. And, uh, okay. uh, yeah, I think it's going to be going to be a fun game. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, two, uh, a week ago, I never thought that this game would be that interesting, but I'm, I'm, I'm very actually intrigued by this one. It's Tennessee is, is one point favorite at Jacksonville now. So, I mean, Jacksonville, you know, coming off a very, I, I don't know if it's impressive, but nobody thought they were going to win that game. And not only did they win that game last week, they, they handled they handled the Texans, especially up front on the D and offensive line. Um, and then Tennessee, they come off that, that tough loss uh, against the Raiders. This is a bounce back. I, I, um, I'm, probably, I'm taking Tennessee probably. I'll eat the one point, I think, at the end of the day. You know, 
week one to week two, we'll see. I think Vegas really overvalues the winners and really undervalues the losers. That's kind of been the train out in Vegas uh, um, the last for forever. So week, week two is you kind of have like this huge juxtaposition a little bit with the winners and losers and kind of what they're kind of Vegas is figuring out their true worth. Uh, so for that, I, I mean, I think this is going to be a 10.1 for Tennessee. So I, I'll take Tennessee minus one here. But uh, you buying Jacksonville after last week, or are they who we thought they were? Boy, I, I know. I mean, I think uh, is it? It could we have been off by a year, right? And yeah, this, <laughs> this, po- Fair enough. this poses yeah, this poses a question of you know who, you know who was who exemplifies this for me is uh, the year that uh, the Falcons had been on hard knocks. I think it was Devontae Freeman's rookie year. This was a team that uh, uh, was poised to – it just looked like all the things were coming together for them uh, to, to, Mm -hmm. to win a lot of football games, and people were really high on them. That rookie year coming out, they were not great, and they underdeveloped, they underperformed. And now last year, it's a team that went to the Super Bowl. I feel like maybe uh, that might be the case with Jacksonville. I mean, I, I think I might be, I might be buying, I'm buying on that defense uh, for sure. Okay. I don't, I don't love Bortles. I don't even think uh, Bortles is the quarterback there. Maybe next year or the year after. So, but that defense is strong. Allen Robinson now looks like done for the year. Uh, although they do have some other weapons. Uh, so here's here's the thing. I think that they're a team to watch. I think they could be for real, but I think Tennessee, Mariota has had some time to settle in. Uh, I think they have serious weapons there. Uh, I think that uh, although we didn't see much out of Decker, we did see some things out of some other players, and the role players have stepped up. So um, I think just for continuity and for traffic flow and and for flow of this radio show, I'm going to say that that, – it, it's, what did you say? It's a one-point line. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee's minus one. <laughs> Tough. I think I still think Tennessee. I, I mean, I, if it was seven, uh, I might get, go to Jacksonville. But we're gonna have to be on the same page here. I wanted to go Jacksonville, but I can't. I can't. Not not at okay. one. So I'm going Tennessee as yeah. well. Yeah. I think that Jackson. I think Fournette is maybe the most valuable rookie this year. Uh, for for an offense. I mean, McCaffrey, if you lose McCaffrey and the Panthers, I think they're still okay. I mean, I think if you lose Hunt, I think Andy Reid will still be able to find ways. But, like, I think Fournette, like having Fournette being that between the tackles, that down, I mean, 100 yards last, year, you know, last week, I think the Jacksonville is really over the offseason really put – uh, put an emphasis on just like smash mouth football, like just just having your front your front line on both offense and defense, just being tough son of a bitches. So I, I think the, the Jacksonville Jaguars will kind of go in the way of the Fournette's health this year, but I still don't think it's enough to for Jacksonville to win this game. But you know, it's one point. So Vegas Vegas thinks this is basically a pick'em. So. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I don't, and and so and and let's throw Dalvin Cook in that rookie mix too. Of, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, of important. I but I agree with you. Um, I'm not. Uh, 
I'm saying that, that, that that's another guy that you can throw into the mix. But from fantasy mm-hmm. perspective, I'm telling you to watch Jaquiz today. Uh, I like watch okay. Tampa Bay. Uh, be, yeah. I think uh, you're going to see uh, some serious uh, action there. I think if they can uh, establish the run, uh, I think he's got some interesting receivers too. So if they can establish a run, I, I mean, if he, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to say that he ends up like 13 carries, uh, averages maybe four and a half uh, a yard. Uh, a, a, you know, so what's 13 times four and a half? I'll do it on my calculator. 13 times 4.5. Yeah, about 60 yards. I think maybe more than that. I think maybe 85 for Jaquiz. Maybe gets a touch, okay. maybe not. But on a, on a layover team, that's not bad. Not bad. I'll take no. it. No, no. And uh, what do you think of the receiver situation within Tampa Bay? With, they have, like, Mike Evans now and Deshaun Jackson. Does, like, Deshaun, yeah, I mean, that's... Does Deshaun still have it? Does he still have it this year? Or or is this going to be the start of the – I mean, they gave him a lot of fucking money. So, like, Tampa Bay yeah, they, they still has it, you know? So, but, like, I don't know. No, I, listen, I think that he falls into the category of tier two wide receivers in the NFL. I don't think that he ever – maybe – Aside from a splash of uh, of one or two years where he was an All Pro and that he looked really really good, um, you know, I, I think uh, you know he's that tier two receiver. He's wide receiver two. That's what he is, and I think he still is there. I think he's wide receiver two there. I think that he's um, he's Pierre Garcon. I think that he's that's what I think. So okay. I, you know, Fair I think he. I think yeah, he could be. Uh, he could either have a touchdown or not, and he's going to be somewhere between same range, seventy to one hundred and ten yards. Um, not consistently, yeah. but today. Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I think we'll move on. I think you'll end that one. We'll go. Here, here's one. Are we is Vegas underestimating Cleveland here? So Cleveland is seven seven and a half point dogs at Baltimore. The over under here is forty three. I mean, this this kind of reminds you of the the Pittsburgh line last week, doesn't it? Uh, it does, know. yeah. Yeah, are we? I mean, are we over? I guess the question is, are we overvaluing Cleveland's good loss to Pittsburgh, and is Vegas right on the money here with seven and a half points, or you know, who's at fault here? What are you thinking? Like, like this is just a weird line that I. My heart is saying Cleveland. Like I wasn't all too impressed with Baltimore. They had a great defense. Like their defense looked pretty damn good last week. But I mean, seven and a half in a in a, in a uh, AFC North divisional game. I don't, I don't know. It just it seems a little off for me. Yeah, I mean, I hate uh, Baltimore. I don't I don't love either of these teams <laughs> to the to the core. Of it. Are the Harbaugh brothers like the worst? Brothers in football, like are they the most annoying bro- brothers in football? The Harbaugh's. They might be. I don't know. The Ryan's are pretty bad, but yeah, the Harbaugh's are close. Um, they might be worse. Yeah, with their khakis. Okay. Their, yeah, they're they're pretty bad. Um, but uh, here's what I think is, you've got two two lines of thought, or at least I do, in, in when it comes to mm-hmm. Cleveland. I want I want there i believe in like i want to i want there to be catharsis right like i want re, i want the, the browns to reunite with wins like i want them to find yeah. them i do like yeah. uh they, like a long lost brother right like uh I, I do i want them to find the but again i think divisional games are weird and so uh, you know, I think that you can have a very bad uh, divisional team that beat a really good divisional team. Like, it just happens. And so 
that's my mm-hmm. fear in this game is that I want to buy, I want to believe, I want the Cleveland to be who we don't think they are, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the jury's still out. I think because I, I think that I don't like what they're doing offensively in uh, Baltimore, uh, although the defense is pretty good. I think they don't have film on this quarterback. They don't, and and you know that I believe in that too. Uh, so mm-hmm. I am going to take Cleveland. I'm going to take the point. I'm going to take the seven and a half. Uh, give them to me all day. Uh, and and but I'm not like strong in my convictions. I feel like this could go either way. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, just AFC North games are just they're always ugly. They're they're usually not a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I'm hoping Crowell goes off a little bit this week. He, him and Bell, I have both him and Bell in one of my leagues, and they kind of had death games last week. So I'm hoping one of those freaking running backs can go off. But, yeah, we'll move on. Uh, talk about a disgusting game. We got the Jets are 13-and-a-half-point dogs at the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I mean, that's – that's a shit ton of points in the NFL, 13 and a half. And you almost have to, you almost have to eat it, right? You just have to take Oakland minus like the 13 and a half because there's no way. I mean, there's no way the Jets are either holding, there's no way the Jets are holding Oakland under 30 points, right? And it's not like, I don't think the Jets can score more than 17. So I, I don't know. I, 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 I hate to eat 13 and a half points, but you almost have to in this game. I think you're right. Unfortunately, um, yeah. agreed. So I, I yeah. we're not we're not too far off on each other. I, I believe that yeah. the Jets are the worst team in football. I do. So yeah, um, yeah. and I think the Raiders are are in that top tier. So uh, if this yeah. game's at the Jets, maybe it's a little different, but it's not. So yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, well, I think that was the start of the four o'clock. Like last episode, I think we're just going to save the Eagles and the Giants to last. I mean, the Giants are Monday night, so that that's just the way of the flow. That's always going to be last. But um, I, I purposely skipped the Eagles-Chiefs just to kind of wrap that up here at, at the end of the discussion. So here here we go. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to disagree on this one, Kyle. We're at Miami, three-and-a-half-point dogs at the Chargers. Kyle, a little side note here. Do you know how much annoys me that, that I have to type in LAC? Like, for me, that's the Clippers logo. That's like the little Clippers sign on the top of the uh, on top yeah, of the scoreboard. Bad. Like, I can't – I don't look at that. I don't look at that and think, oh, that's a football team. I think it's the freaking Doc Rivers Clippers. And then I have to type in yep. – L- anyway, it just bothers me. I, it, irrational rant and irrational just type of anger that, that, that causes me, but it does. But anyway, the Dolphins, three-and-a-half-point dogs at the Chargers. They're playing this at StubHub Stadium. So there's going to be less – there's probably going to be less people at this game than your son's high school game last uh, this past Friday. But I'm taking I'm, – this is part of my parlay. I'm taking Miami in this. I'm taking Miami. I'm take, they're going to win this game by 20, and the three-and-a-half-point dogs. I'm taking – I'm buying Miami, putting it in my team, put in my parlay. It's a lock. This is the lock of the week. Is Miami three and a half? Ah, I man, listen. I, I, I again. I I don't love Miami. I I don't love Cutler. <laughs> but is he serviceable? I guess he is. 
Uh, I think that the, I think all of those things are a factor. Uh, the fact that they have to write LAC, the fact that they're in StubHub Stadium, I, I think that's all a disaster. So this game, like you said, of the first game, I'm running so far and fast away okay. from this game. I have no, I have nothing interesting about this game. Uh, two teams <laughs> I could care, AFC teams that I could care less about. Um, but if I have to, if I'm forced to make a pick, I'll pick. You're not forced now. Okay. Just, yeah. So, but but I am gonna say, uh, you know, Miami. I, 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 you know, you can say the same thing about Miami that you said about Tampa. Uh, a yeah, long time uh, on the on the sidelines, a long time not playing. Um, you know, they had to travel to start their season right. So they were preparing for a game, then they stopped preparing, then they got to go to the West Coast. I think it's probably too much for them, and I I, I take the Chargers. Okay. Fair enough. Here we go. This one is, is direct importance for us NFC East fans. We got Dallas. This one opened up even. I think it has moved. I haven't checked since last night. But uh, when I checked, Dallas was two and a half point favorites at Denver. I, I, this is a, one of those other sketchy lines. Like, you know, at Denver for I, – I don't know. I'm taking Denver with this. I don't know if it's biased, but – it's just when with these lines, there's there's usually a uh, I think I said this last week, but there's like a basically a six point swing between being home and being away in the NFL. Um, it, you know, if all teams all else considered, you know, the home team is usually usually will be given three points, and the away team minus three points, so you have a six and a half game. So if with that long winded short, if you would reverse this, it's basically is is would Dallas be eight and a half point favorites at home against Denver? And I, I really don't think think so. So for for some of these sketchy, I'm probably I'm probably taking Denver here. Um, I'm probably taking the two and a half. I like Denver outright in this game at home. Again, you I've been on record saying I'm selling on Dak. I'm selling on Dak. I'm selling on Dak. So. Um, this might be one of the games that bite me, but I'm definitely taking Denver here. Yeah, I, I mean, the line, it's an interesting line. Uh, I, I agree with you. Um, and I'm also not buying on Dak, uh, although, um, you know, I think there are external factors here. Uh, I, think yeah. that, I think that we do find a stumbling block for Dallas. I just don't, I don't think that it's yet. Um, I think that we, you know, getting later into the season, uh, injuries are going to set in, uh, and inexperience is going to set in. So I, I, okay. I, for, for all parties involved, there's a lot of distractions there. Court cases are starting to come up for some of these players. I think, uh, but, but I think that right now they're coming off an emotional win on Sunday night. I think the team is banded together as, as much as they will for the season. I say they roll when they're first four or five. Uh, and so with that, I'm going to say uh, they, they, they continue their role and win uh, versus Denver. Okay. Another another NFC East opponent out, out west. We got Washington is two-and-a-half-point dogs at the Rams. Uh, the over-under here is like 45-and-a-half. So, so it's, it's one of the bigger over-unders of the week. So I, I guess Vegas is thinking there's going to be points in this. Um, I, I guess this goes back to how much are you buying or selling on Terrell Pryor and Kirk Cousins? Because if you think it's just a week one, 
just a week one thing that things will get better, then you have to take Washington here. <laughs> Excuse me. But um, if you're really selling on that team, then you take. I guess you take the Rams minus two and a half. For me, I think it's just a week one thing. I'll probably take the points, put them in my pocket with Washington at the Rams. Um, but a lot of I feel like there's a lot of question marks in this game. Yeah, there is a lot of question marks in this game, and I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna take Washington too because I think they worked some things out. Uh, I think they figured mm-hmm. it out some of their running woes. I think uh, you know a week after, and you said it, you know Pryor had been, you know he wasn't a new acquisition. He's not two weeks in, uh, but I think. Uh, they've simplified the offense for him maybe a little bit more this week going in. Uh, I think Washington rolls. I, I do not believe in golf. I do not believe, you know, that defense is pretty good out there, uh, but uh, I, I don't think it's enough. I don't think they're there yet. Uh, that might be a team on the rise, especially in that division. Mm-hmm. It's a weird division too. Um, I think it's yeah. Seattle and everybody else, even after the loss. Uh, I still think uh, Seattle's a good team that they're trying to figure it out too. And uh, so, yeah, I think uh, Washington wins by seven. So that should be enough, right? Okay. Yep, yep. Got a little doggy. I said hi. Uh, speaking of Seattle, they are 14-point favorites hosting the 49ers. Again, I, this is like I, – I, it's obvious that the, the Jets and the 49ers are like the two worst team in Vegas's eyes. Um, I, again, do you – I think you have to – you have to eat the points again, right? Because I, I don't, I don't even see San Fran's can't keep it within fourteen, can they? I mean, that that's actually based on San, San Fran scoring more than one touchdown. I mean, I, I, I guess the only reason why you take San Fran here is that you don't have a lot of confidence in Seattle, the Seattle, Seattle offense. But unfortunately, this is when when the line starts getting in the double digits in the NFL. I'm usually staying away from. I I, I don't I, I don't like it. I, it's just it seems sketchy. So reluctantly, I'll probably take eat the points here with Seattle. Do we really need to go on further with this game? It's just like a meh. It's just like a, it's, yeah. yeah. It's just like it's one of those clunkers. I think yep. for the for the week. It really is. But but total. It's a total. But the Sunday night game. The Sunday night game. I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, it's Green Bay at Atlanta. So they're um, the. By the way, is there anything more ridiculous in the NFL than a Chick Fil A being in an NFL stadium when the, the Falcons are playing seven out of eight games on Sunday? Like, isn't that like the stupidest thing? Is that like just stupid? it really? Like, like, it is like stupid. Is, is it irrational for actually me to get angry about that? I mean, at the end of the day, I don't give a shit. But like. I do give a shit. Like that's just like why do that? Like that, I don't know. It's just it, it it annoys me. For that reason, I hate I just hate Atlanta this year. I'm just going against Atlanta in all the picks just because of that stupid Chick Fil A. But I mean, Atlanta has owned this matchup. They I think they played twice last year. Atlanta had I think won handily. Um, does, does Green Bay buck the trend here, or or does Atlanta, you know? Does Atlanta take this, this you know, at home, opening up the Mercedes-Benz? Oh, also, another thing about this team that pisses me off. You know the roof's broken, right? Like, the roof is broken up there. They, they, can't, they, can't, they can't open and close it. It's, it's remaining closed for the whole season because it's fucking busted. It's broken before they even actually play a game in it. Ah, 
Everything about that stadium annoys me. But yeah, I <laughs> I agree. Uh, it was supposed to transform a city, and I it is certainly not transforming uh, a city. So uh, yeah, I mean I don't know. I I I hate Green Bay, but I hate Atlanta too. Um, so. It's, you know, maybe somebody, I don't know, uh, I, I don't care about this game. It, it will be a fun game to watch. Uh, Jordy Nelson, can I get it? Like, how is Jordy Nelson a top flight receiver in this league? I, I, I don't know. I don't love Jordy Nelson. Like, I, I just feel like when I, you know, you know my whole Tom Brady is a system quarterback thing, right? Yeah. But, uh, I don't think that he's that great. I think that Jordy Nelson is the Tom Brady of the Green Bay Packers. Like he has benefited from <laughs> the way that Aaron Rodgers plays, just like uh, Brady has has benefited by the way that Belichick coaches. I think if you take yeah. Jordy Nelson and you put him anywhere else, he's he doesn't he is just catered really well to the type of quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is. So it, it annoys me when he gets a hundred plus. It annoys me when like I, I think. You've got his total opposite on the other side of the field. I really do. Um, so uh, I, I because I, I think that's a receiver in Julio that is just incredible. So uh, yeah. for that reason, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I although I, I do think Green Bay wins this game. I think that Super Bowl okay. hangover is real. And uh, okay. I, uh, yeah, I'll take. I'm going Green Bay. So all right. I mean, I want to go Green. This is, this is honestly this is a coin flip. This is one of these games that I, I I kind of purposely let you pick first, so I would go the opposite. Um, I, I I don't really have strong opinions or strong feelings going into this game on either end, um, but I'll I'll go Atlanta home. Uh, you know, open up that Mercedes Benz Stadium. You know, I don't know. I'll take Atlanta. Uh, but look at I the 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 hangover is going to be real. Atlanta is a, maybe a seven-one team this year. I'll go on record on saying that they'll probably they might win this one, but they're going to struggle this year. So we'll move on. Yeah. So the, we we got two games left. We got two games left. Of course, kind of how how we structure the show. We got Philadelphia at Kansas City, Detroit at New York Giants on Monday night. Uh, which one do you want to start with, Kyle? Which which game do you want to talk at first? Yeah, just because Monday night, I guess, is, um, you know, Monday night is uh, is Monday night. So we'll go with that game last yeah. and uh, uh, okay. and go in in Philly. And, well, okay. you know, I it's not it didn't take long, right, for us. We both picked Philly last week. We're certainly not both picking Philly this week. Um, no. Nope. Now, do, do, do I think that, um, that uh, Kansas City, you know, if you base – their record or if you base everything on what they just did in new England, uh, I don't think that's real. Uh, I think, Mm -hmm. I think they're good. Uh, I think they're a playoff team. Certainly. Uh, I think even the Patriots might see them in the playoffs. Uh, And, and, you know, that's a question mark, right? When Kansas city comes to uh, new England, uh, anything can happen. So Andy Reid likes to do it there. Um, I don't think what, what is the line on this game? So the the Eagles are five and a half point dogs, and they're at Kansas City. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I, I know you're going to hate hearing this, uh, and and I'm not even sure I'm that convicted in what I'm saying. Uh, I think it's a seven point. I think it's at least seven uh, for Kansas yeah. City at home, coming off an emotional mm-hmm. win. 
Uh, I don't think this team is as good as they looked on Sunday. Uh, I mean, on Thursday, whatever, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I, I think it's a seven point game, uh, Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the, the stats are like Andy Reid is like eight and three against former assistants or something like that, which so it's, sometimes it's a valuable stat. Sometimes it's not, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that stat, but, Andy Reid has 10 days of prep. It's, and Andy Reid after buys, or Andy Reid when you give him time to actually game plan, as much as I hate to say it, he's pretty good. He's really good. I think as an Eagle, uh, when he was with the Eagles, he was like seven or eight games over 500 for that, that game after the bye week. And I mm-hmm. think anytime you can give Andy Reid some time to prep and whatnot, his teams usually perform. And, you know, with that Thursday night game, Honestly, if I if I was an NFL team, I would love to do, you know, love to do that or travel for that Thursday night game because you're traveling, we're traveling the first week of the year, which is not really that big deal. You you have some, you know, and, and then you get like ten days off before week two. So like usually those those teams that play Thursday night, you, you usually are your two freshest teams going into week two just because you have that that ten day layover. So I, I I don't like the Eagles in this matchup. I, I think the only chance the Eagles do have is that our front four needs to get pressure on Alex Smith without um, without a blitz. If we can if we can cover with seven back there, I think we'll be okay. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't like this matchup. This feels a little bit though like the the Eagles Pittsburgh game last year in Week Three. Remember, like we we played the Browns. We played Cleveland and Chicago week one, week two. And then everybody's like, well, that's not a real test. Week three was the Steelers were coming to town. And that was a real test. And we just fucking blew them out of the water. And I think that's when the Keith Pfeiffer, Big Cinnamon, like crazy train started to pick up because I'm like, holy shit, this team might be legit. Uh, But uh, I I do. I'm with you, Kyle. I I can't believe I'm saying this on the record, but I'm going Kansas City this this has like a twenty seven seventeen game written all over it for me, but you know it, it'll be. I, I'm not expecting much. You know, I think we keep it close for a little bit, and they they pull away at the end. But this is one of the situations that if we can win, if we if we can win, then I'll be ecstatic. So I think that's fair. Yeah, I like it. I do. Um, all right. I think it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. I've got to. I've got to keep moving here because uh, I've got a football <laughs> practice to get to. Uh, okay. So I am going to, well, we're yeah, to wrap it up game. with. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we we actually have to go over the game film from last week. So I mean from Friday, which yeah. I will yeah. talk to you about offline. Um, I think. I think there's a video of that game. I think that uh, could go viral once it gets uh, out there. It's actually a. And I feel bad. I feel terrible for the kid, but uh, it's, it's a 98-yard safety <laughs> from one of the uh, defense, no. Smithfield defensive players. Oh yes, that stripped the ball was literally an inch from the end zone. Just a, another step in, and it's a it's a Smithfield touchdown. Instead, uh, the confused defensive player takes the takes the ball back to the house, 98 yards for the longest safety in Rhode Island interscholastic league history. So, um, yes, yeah, we will. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and 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 more funny is that you you need to listen to uh, my call because you can actually hear me because I was up in the booth uh, next to the camera of what I was saying uh, as this was transpiring uh, is actually pro- probably more comical than the actual video itself and the and watching Coach Cy Butler on the sidelines jumping and waving like a lunatic was pretty funny as well. So uh, I think we might get that out. I don't want to embarrass this kid. I don't want to hurt him already more than he's hurt. So I'm going to make that decision after speaking to him, whether we want to release that video or not. But, um, you know, he's devastated, obviously. So a uh, tough situation for him. And uh, uh, But but that wasn't the only play that, 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 that made the decision on the game. So anyhow, yeah. Uh, Boy, is this is this a definitive game for the New York Giants? I, it's it's a it's a home game. Odell Beckham Jr. is back. As simply put as I can, Giants win. Uh, you know, I think it's a ten point. Probably, actually, I think it's going to be a closer game than that. Between three and seven, I'd say for the Giants. All right. Well, the line's at three. Detroit's three point dogs. Yeah. So, so I, still... I, I, yeah. No, I think I, I I'm still taking the Giants. Okay. Dude, they looked horrible, though. I mean, by the way, I, I know you have to run here, but, like, where the hell did this those Beckham Jr., like, six to eight weeks come from? I feel like just, like, Wednesday, or like, oh, he's dealing with the six to eight-week injuries. Like, you guys, you, you assholes want to tell this, you know, you guys obviously diagnosed this as soon as he got hurt or not long after. You, you kind of fucked over your fan base, all this, like – that was that was the prime time of fantasy football draft too. Like if you knew he was out, he's gonna it's a six to eight week injury. Don't you have to release that? Like I, I just feel like it's just some shady bullshit on the Giants' part. I, I just it doesn't leave a great taste in my mouth. So I, I I'm I despise Giants here. You guys' offense looks awful. I'm probably taking Detroit here. Yeah, and that's fine. And I, I think that if you watch the Giants week in and week out, you would know that this is what the Giants are. Uh, it's no different than <laughs> last season. Uh, this, you know, other than beating Dallas twice last year, uh, you know, maybe it's Philly that we beat twice this year, or maybe it's Washington. I don't know. But uh, I think I'm not so uh, so worried about it. I think uh, this, this is a Giants rebound game uh, that I've come to know and love. So uh, okay. with that, I absolutely, uh, Seth, you can certainly keep on with the keeping on uh, for the next yeah. uh, to 19 minutes, but I am going to fly uh, and get okay. these kids to this practice. And uh, good luck this week. <laughs> I'm sure we will be texting throughout the course of the entire day. And uh, go get them. Go Giants. All right. So- sounds good. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Have a great NFL Sunday. I'll leave you off here with uh, one of my favorite movie quotes. Careful, you idiot. I said across her nose, not up it. Sorry, sir. Doing my best. Who made that man a gunner? I did, sir. He's my cousin. Who is he? He's an asshole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole. Major asshole. And his cousin? He's an asshole too, sir. Gunner's mate, first class, Philip Asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Keep firing, assholes!